Hey, it's Zach. Thanks for checking out our conversation with John Legend. And obviously, John Legend is an icon. I would say legend, but that'd be dumb. Uh, Just sitting down with him to talk music, to talk life, to talk the state of our country was truly just surreal. His perspective on everything from love to politics to family to wealth. I learned so much from him, and I hope you will, too. Enjoy the conversation. Let me know what you think at Zach Sang Show. Yo, 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 this is Justin, Justin Bieber. Hey, it's Ariana Grande. Just the interviews. A Zach Sang Show exclusive podcast. Zach Sang Show. John Legend is in the studio right now. I'm here. Yeah, Thank you. Come on. Come on. This is an honor. <laughs> we were talking, you, you, when you are a dad yes. and your kid needs you, nothing else matters. Yeah, you just stop and make it happen if you can. And uh, I'm in the kind of job that's flexible that yeah. I can... If I have something to do, I can usually move it to another time and, uh, you know, you make it work. But that's a little weird, right? I mean, this is obviously, you know, you and you know, Chrissy, you care about each other, but now there's like a new level of selflessness. Yeah, because, yeah, uh, you know, neither Chrissy or I are helpless. <laughs> <laughs> Our daughter's helpless. There you go. <laughs> okay. Brand new album, Darkness and Light. Yes. Fifth album. Yes. Woo! Fifth solo album. It's very exciting. I mean, yeah. like, But it's a different album for you. I yeah. Mean, I mean, uh, I mean, it's still me. It's still who I am. Uh, but who I am has grown. Yeah. And it's three years from the last album. And um, I worked with some different collaborators this time. Um, and I think it's uh, the most honest and soulful album I've done. How has your perspective on life changed between this album and the last I think having a kid definitely makes a difference. I got married since the last album, yeah. too. Uh, well, the last album came out right around when I got married, but I didn't write it while I was married. Um, so um, I think it just makes me a bit more, I guess, uh, a little more philosophical in some ways. and gives me a different perspective. And um, I think it made me think more about, like, big things like life and death and, and yeah. what, what it all means. <laughs> what Do you know what it all means? No, that's what... <laughs> That's Tell why me. I, in the album, I, I kind of ask questions, but I don't have all the answers. It, it, I'm glad that there, you're not a point in life where like the questions don't the, the questions don't stop. You yeah, know? yeah, I think you have to have uh, ask questions. I think actually, the older you get, the less certain you are about a lot of things. I think really that's part of becoming uh, um, more aware is is that you realize there's a lot you don't know. And how do you acquire that? I mean, only time, right? And experience? I think, I think time and you trying to pay attention to the world and listen to other people. And, yeah. And uh, even when you don't agree with them, listen to their perspective. How did, working in a studio with people, right? Mm-hmm. And having to work creatively and understand and yeah. having different visions and coming together for one sole vision. Yeah. I mean, that kind of, that gives you some sort of like yeah, decision making in, in that world. Yeah. And I've been doing that for a long time. So I think it's a really uh, great way to be creative is to listen yeah. and be humble and collaborate with uh, openness. You're very political right now. Oh, I'm always political. But I mean, now more than ever, obviously, <laughs> due to the time we're in. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I guess it's more people are paying more attention because of the election. Yeah. But I've always been very political, and I, you know, I've always spoken out about which candidates um, I think um, are the best candidates for a particular office, and which laws I want to see passed, et cetera, et cetera. And I think as all, all of us who are paying attention should do, because we're all citizens, we all pay taxes, we all have the right to vote, and yeah. uh, we should. Um, 
make sure we're um, informed about what we're voting about and then go out there and do it. And no part of you is afraid when you're sharing your views and you're really spreading nah, I mean, I get some negative feedback. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you just have to brush it off. I, 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 I use my block button when I need to. <laughs> not because I need to not see negativity, but, I, I mean, if I have a choice and you're, and you're not respectful, then I might as well just block you. And your album right now, Darkness and Light, I mean, it, it goes yeah. into the... the it, from what I've been able to read on it, right, and even from the single, yeah, "Love Me Now," yeah, it's very representative of the time we're in. Yeah, I think it, 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 re- it the album and the song both acknowledge that the world has some darkness. There's some uncertainty. Yeah. We see trouble in the news. We see conflict in the news, but love and light and music can bring us together. And. Yeah. Uh, that's what hopefully this 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 album uh, helps people think about. Which, in my mind, and like thinking of John Legend, right? Mm-hmm. Just from a listener and a fan, you know, when I listen to your music and it's beautiful, it's ballads, it's love, right? Mm-hmm. It's relationship. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a very big d- difference between this coming album, from what I've read, mm-hmm. and what we've experienced. Oh no, I don't. I don't think so. I think it's a lot about relationships. Um, I think. I talk about some broader themes as well, but I, I think a lot of it still revolves around what it means to love someone, yeah, both uh, your significant other or your child, and uh, um, it's still a lot about that, but there's some broader themes too. Do you feel like our country is in a good position regardless of where we stand right now with this election? I mean, I think it could get... Better. Uh, I think it could get better and it could also get really a lot worse. Depends on who you elect. <laughs> what do you think about the guy that just smashed Donald Trump's star on the Walk of Fame? <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny, but uh, they just announced that I'm getting one too. And I'm like, man, I would hate if they did that to me too. <laughs> so I was like kind of empathizing with Donald, but you know, he's such a a-hole that, you know, it's like, okay, if you're going to, you know, scratch up somebody's name, D- he's that- probably the guy to do it to. <laughs> but, um, you know, I hope they don't do it to mine. <laughs> Is it being an entertainer, right, and seeing Donald's <laughs> rise, what do you think, right? It shows I mean, the power I of mean, entertainment. It shows, that, I mean, we saw in our in our state where we are right now, Honor Schwarzenegger got, got elected yeah. uh, with no political experience. So, you know, people are used to seeing certain people on television, and those people usually have some charisma, or they wouldn't be entertainers in the first place. Yeah. And I think it's possible to get uh, wrapped up in their charisma and their star power, but at the end of the day, they have to go to work every day and lead the country. They have to pass the right laws. They have to understand how the government works. They have to understand how uh, foreign policy works, how the military works. And Donald basically demonstrated that he has no intention of understanding how any of that works. He's just going to wing it. He doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't really care. He's just He just wants to wing it on like swag and charisma. Yeah. But uh, that's not how you really lead. Do you believe... Do you believe that a normal person can be president one day? Like, I mean, not saying normal. that Hillary Clinton isn't normal, right? I don't, I don't want a normal person to become president. Right. Okay. That's what, me too. I want my president to be smarter than all of us yeah. and uh, more experienced than us. And, like, we shouldn't want them to be average Joe Sixpack. Yeah. Like, we should want them to be uh, among our best. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> the cream of the crop. Yes. You know? <laughs> like you're leading the most powerful country in the world. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot to know. There's a lot of judgment that this requires. And I'm not saying we are going to elect a perfect president. I don't yeah. think we ever will. 
I don't think we ever have. And should we really? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just impossible. Yeah. Like humans are flawed. But at least let's try to pick among our best humans. Yeah. Let's please try. <laughs> Would you run for political office? No. <laughs> um, I don't have any interest in being a politician. I'm, my interest is in um, speaking out on issues I believe and yeah. using my platform to do that. But I love my day job and I'll, I'll keep it. <laughs> love Me Now, the current yes. single. Well, I was going to ask what we were talking about. You, um, you recently called the national anthem a weak song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but would you perform you know, a song? I you never, I've performed the song many, many, many times, and I don't think it's a great song. I, and if you learn about the history of the song, there's a lot of complications uh, yeah. with the history of the song. If you read the additional verses that Francis Scott Key wrote, he seemed like he was pretty in love with slavery back in the day. And, you know, he's not unique. I mean, Thomas Jefferson had slaves and uh, George Washington, a lot of our founding fathers did too. But it's just something to think about when we're uh, kind of revering these symbols of patriotism mm-hmm. that a lot of times patriotism means different things for different people and that this history, the history of this country wasn't great for everybody. Yeah. Um, and so we just have to acknowledge that. And it doesn't mean we should feel guilty for singing this song or that song or for saluting the flag and for being patriotic. But at least we should have a, a, an honest sense of what patriotism should mean. Yeah. And to me, loving your country means you want it to be the best country it can be. Um, it also means rooting for us in the Olympics and doing all the other kind of, you know, go America things we do. But you should also want it to be the best. And that means making sure our schools are good, making sure our roads are good, making sure we have a good president running the country. You know, that's patriotism to me, too. Well, do you think it's time for an update for the uh, Star Spangled Banner? You know, I've always thought America the Beautiful would be a great song because it's less uh, about war and it's more about celebrating how beautiful America is. is. And I think it's a better song, too. Nice. Just just a thought. There's other people that have suggested that, too. But I think it's a, it would be a great song. Cool. Hey, oh, you know the president. You've met him. Yes, of course. Many he times. Se- he seems like the coolest human being. I think him and, and his wife both the, are like, like, <sighs> like especially cool people. Yes. And beyond. Yes. I mean, what does he say to you? I mean, do you oh, like... We just talk about stuff. You know, we talk about politics a little bit. We talk about... The issues I'm interested in, like yeah. uh, education reform, uh, um, criminal justice reform, but we also just talk about music and, you know, pop culture and family and, and you know, he has two daughters and we talked as we were about to have Luna. So, you know, um, we talk about everything. Does he send a gift for Luna? They did send a gift. <gasps> Yes. It's probably real nice. It was like a onesie signed by the president. That's cool. <laughs> nice. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Will you send him darkness and light? Of course. You should listen. It's weird though. You, It's like, uh, they have like rules about gifts. I don't know, like certain things are not allowed to take. Oh. But he won't be president for much longer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> send it to my like, office. Send it to him in January. <laughs> Love Me Now is a single out. Yeah. And I, you know, what is the, what was your experience in the studio creating the song? Um, you know, it was a process because um, the idea for the song was presented to me by uh, a guy that I've been writing with named John Ryan, who's written a lot of great songs, and he wrote several of the songs with me on yeah. this album. He presented me the idea, and I wanted to work on the lyric a bit more just to get it exactly from my perspective, because I didn't want it to seem like I was just demanding love now and not thinking about the future at all. Yeah, um, I wanted it to feel more like... I care about the future, but we never know what's going to happen. So let's love each other now and not just one way, 
but me giving love and me receiving love at the same time. Where do you write? Like lyrics uh, are obviously we first write for in you. the studio most of the time. Um, I like to be actually. Are music, you alone? Music comes first for me. Really? Then the lyrics. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. see from my pers- again being a fan and listening to yeah. the lyrics and listening to the power and the stories behind them. Yeah. I would think that you craft to the lyric. No, nah, it's the other way around. Wow. Uh, some people do it with the lyric first, but for me, I always think the music should guide the lyric to sound the way it should sound. And so I'm always thinking about how does this lyric sing, not yeah. just how it reads. So I'm I'm always guided by the music. So do you have song ideas that just kind yeah. of sit somewhere? Yeah, I put them on my phone. If I if I come up with something, I'll just sing it into my phone. And usually it might be like one line, yeah. and then I'll kind of hum some nonsense that isn't lyric yet, Ugh. just as a placeholder. And then I'll fill in the lyric later. Very cool. Yeah. Do, you re- do you record all the instruments at once, or do you no, kind of do it separately? It's it's usually separate. Um, but there, but on this album, we cut demos uh, along the way as we were writing, yeah. and sometimes they were from beats that were made by the producer I was working with at the time, or it was just a version on guitar or piano. And then we end up re-recording the final version. And for the final version, sometimes we'll do the drum and bass and guitar together as a rhythm section. And then we'll overdub a bunch of other parts like keyboards and horns or whatever and strings. And then my vocals go on top of all that. Wow. Is there a song in your catalog that you genuinely believe is timeless? Uh, I mean, uh, I'll let other people judge. I mean, there are songs that I know people are still covering that I wrote 10 years ago. So I guess that makes them, you know, at least something like timeless, Um, like ordinary people. People still cover that song all the time. Um, (laughs) Stay with you uh, from that first album. And then, you know, hopefully all of me will be that kind of song, too. But it's, it's still pretty new. How does that make you feel? Um, Right. It makes me feel great. I love when people cover my songs. Um, because I'm a songwriter, I think as much as anything, uh, I'm a singer and a songwriter, but I think songwriting is very important to me and is, uh, a big part of who I am. So the ultimate compliment to a songwriter is that other people want to sing their songs. Yeah. Do you like when people remix your songs? Cause the all of me remix was yeah. played on the radio, like more than the original Tiesto. Yeah. yeah. He made that on his own volition. You know, sometimes the label will commission a remix just so it can play on different formats that are more yeah. dance heavy. Um, but Tiesto decided to make that himself and he just put it out to his fans on his birthday and he was like, I love this song. I want to put this out as a gift to my fans (laughs) on my own birthday and he put it out and everyone loved it and then the label, you know, paid him for it and, and, and put it out and, uh, it became a big part of how the song became number one. And you can't complain, right? Uh, Of course not. I'm I'm happy. I performed it live with him in uh, Vegas at uh, EDC. Um, yeah. It's cool how the worlds of music have collided over the last yeah, couple years. music is music. I never think of it as, as, as different worlds. Yeah. I think we're all the same world. We're all musicians. And chords are chords, lyrics are lyrics, melodies are melodies. And then there's different ways of presenting them. And, yeah. and that's what the... That's really what the genre is, is the different way of presenting it. Um, you can, you know, present All of Me as a country song if you wanted to. Yeah. You could present it as an EDM song and you present it as an R&B song. It can go in any way you want it. It's just a, an arrangement choice. Well, do you listen to the radio? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Do you like? Are you up on like pop music today? Yeah, I mean, not as much as like a sixteen-year-old is. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm up on it. You know. What do you think? I mean, I think it's fine. I think there's good stuff and there's bad stuff. I think there always was and there always will be. Yeah. Um, there's some stuff in 
contemporary music that I think is really beautiful and great. And um, and and then there's stuff I don't like, but that's that was the true 20 years ago too. Yeah. Green light. Yeah. I'm on the fa- like I love the original Green Light. Yeah. You and Andre C. Thousand. Yeah. And now I'm hearing Pitbull's Green Light. Oh, I haven't heard that one yet. I'm gonna play it for you. Okay. Lunch Money Lewis. Okay. Oh yeah. I'm. <laughs> I don't know. It's one of my favorite songs. Like okay. the, the Green Light and Ordinary People, like all time. Yeah. So I'm kind of, I'll play it for you. Can I play okay. it for you? Yeah, play it for me. Okay, hold on. I'm not going to give like an on, no, 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 on-air no. critique of it's somebody okay. else's music, of though. Course. Wait, so, okay, <laughs> did you write, you wrote the lyrics of Greenlight. Yeah. So they don't ask you first? Well, I don't know. I haven't heard the song, so I don't know if I should be uh, suing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll okay. find out today. <laughs> <laughs> While he's playing I, I, You know, I don't own the phrase green light, you know, because yeah. other people have used it. Um, it's just a matter of if it's too similar to my song, then we have to have a conversation. Wow. <laughs> While he's pulling this up, are you still signing good music? Yeah. So what's going on with this Cruel Winter album? Is that ever going to come uh, out? Oh, man. Don't ask me. I'm not in charge <laughs> of those decisions. Uh, this is my last album on good music because I did a five album deal and this is my fifth album. So, um, you know, we're, we're all still friends, but, you know, you, things come to an end. The future of music. Do you need a label? No. Um, no. And especially, well, you have to understand when I signed with Kanye as a new artist, him presenting me to the world was a big deal. And I think it was really important for me to be signed to a production company and then to the label. So it it was good music as a production company and then Columbia, Sony as the label. And I needed that at the beginning of my career. But yeah. when, once you've established yourself, you don't really need that. That doesn't mean you don't collaborate with people anymore. It doesn't mean you don't work with Kanye or other producers no. anymore. It just means you don't have to be signed through them to the label anymore because you've already established uh, yourself as an artist yeah. and, and you can stand alone. Do you enjoy knowing the ins and outs of this business? Just as I mean, it's I, yeah, I, I was a management consultant when I was uh, right out of college, so... I'm like interested in business and how yeah. it works, and uh, I pay attention to what's happening. Do you feel like it comes in the way of the art? Not really, no. It hasn't for me. No. I'm able to like separate yeah. it. I think first about the music and wh- whether whether or not it's beautiful and whether whether or not I'm proud of it and whether or not I want to go out and have that music attached to who I am and, and to my reputation. Yeah. And I'm like, if I believe that, then everything else will work itself out. Is that a scary process, running a song through the filter of, is this something that I want to like attach myself to for the rest of my life? Because your catalog will follow you. That's not scary. Um, the the only, only thing I get a little nervous about is just putting a song out. Yeah. Um, because even if you really like it, doesn't mean everyone else is going to like it. It doesn't mean it's going to take off. Even if it's good, sometimes it doesn't take off. Like I've had songs that I thought were some of my best songs that didn't really go that far. And... Um, so it's it's kind of nerve-wracking just to even put a song out yeah. to the people and, and hope that they like it and hope it catches on. Is that disappointing to you a little bit when your favorite song doesn't crack? Uh, you know, I've gotten used to that happening. So sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I always believed All of Me was going to be a big hit, and it was. I always believed Ordinary People was going to be big, and it was. But some songs that I thought would be big weren't, you know. Green Light. Yeah. Here we go. This is Pitbull okay. on Lunch Money Lewis. It's ready? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know. Yeah. Make your move. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know, it says give me the green light and it says ready to go, which my song has both of those things. Um, Does it feel the same? Like, no, it's not- a different It's a different track. Yeah. Different beat. Different melody. It just has a couple uh, there, he come, lyrical commonalities. There And there's a few more. It goes, uh, yeah. <laughs> he, because he, he does the hook. The hook is green light. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Give me the green light. Yeah, there's d- different variations. Oh. I tried to link up. I, I was listening to both songs because okay. I forgot the internet exists where I so can look at the lyrics. But <laughs> I, I don't. I was surprised. Well, who do you think has been more helpful to your career, both musically and pop, like popularity? Is it Kanye or Chrissy? I think. Well, Kanye helped me start. I, I met Kanye many more years ago uh, before I ever knew Chrissy, but I think um, the fact that Chrissy and I are together. And that I wrote all of me based on our relationship and she was in the video. I think that meant a lot to a lot of people and that's been my biggest song. So I don't I don't want to say which one was more important. I think both of them were important in different phases of my life. And uh, obviously, I expect uh, Chrissy and I will be together forever. So uh, that's very important, too. You you say that definitively, (laughs) right? Like, And you say that with ease. Well, I think that's why you get married, because you want to be with that person forever. I wish that was something my dad was able to say, you know. Well, my parents got divorced, too, so it's not like it's impossible. But I came into it with the intent of staying together forever. And you got to keep that at the forefront. Yeah, like, and if you have problems, you have to be able to, like, look at the long game and not just, you know, not just that one argument or that one issue. 50,000 feet above. Yeah. And you you have to have a, a commitment to that person and respect that person, love that person. And then that, that helps guide you through whatever conflicts you have. Yeah. La La Land. Yeah. You're doing a movie, man. Yeah. It's, 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 it's done and it's coming out. Uh, we've been screening it at a lot of film festivals around the world and the response has been amazing. It's a musical based cool. in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like a love letter to L.A. And it's um, it's about two creative people uh, being in Los Angeles and trying to make it. Um, the stars are Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, and they're amazing together. Um, they they uh, uh, Ryan plays a pianist. He's a jazz aficionado and loves jazz and uh, like immerses himself in traditional jazz and wants to wants to make his living um, playing that kind of music. But he also realizes that that's not the most popular kind of music right now. And I was going to say, he's really good looking. <laughs> a little bit too good looking for jazz, you know? <laughs> it's like, you know, that's kind of like the issue he's dealing with the whole film is uh, like, uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of holding on to a genre that's kind of dying when it comes to uh, public appeal and yeah. popularity. So what do I do? And then um, Emma's character is an actress who's trying to make it in Hollywood. Um, and then my character is uh, a musician that uh, is a band leader for the band that Ryan eventually joins. And my band isn't really a traditional jazz band. It kind of has jazz elements, but it's more contemporary, more commercial. Yeah. And part of Ryan's uh, decision in, in the movie is like, do I go this more commercial route that could be more lucrative for me? Or do I stay true to the the music that I really love? Which is a real battle for a lot it's of musicians. It's a battle for a lot of artists in general, you know, because um, what's popular and what's great aren't always the same yeah. thing, though it can be. And I don't, I, I've never believed that you have to 
make bad music to sell a lot. Uh, I feel like you can make great music and sell a lot too. Uh, but you know, sometimes there's some catchy, stupid songs out there <laughs> that, that work, you know, and, and you have to decide who you want to be and uh, what kind of music you want to represent you. And I've always felt like you can make music you're really proud of artistically that is also popular. Did Ryan like actually play the piano in the movie? Yeah, he's amazing. Did he, you critique really, his playing? Uh, I thought he was great. He had a <laughs> piano teacher and, um, I mean, they used another pianist, but he had to be able to finger mm -hmm. what the yeah. other pianist was doing and be credible at it. And he was very credible. Cool. Have you been in that situation where you thought something was really beautiful, but, you know, the label maybe didn't want to go with it because they didn't think mainstream was going to take to it? Well, it's one thing, because if I think something's really beautiful, I'm putting it on my album. There's yeah. nobody in the Nobody's label that's going to tell me that I can't put it on the album. But you have to make a marketing decision when it comes to singles. You have to say, well, here's the single that we can get played. Uh, here's a single that's going to, to work. And we have to go through, you know, all the tastemakers at radio and, and various other, you know, you know uh, gatekeepers yeah. that, you know, you know, we have to get it played if we want to use it as a single. There's no point in making it the single if, if nobody's going to play it. Exactly. Um, so it it has to be uh, accessible to the people if you're going to make it a single. That's a marketing decision. Yeah. But I think the creative decision is the entire album, all the songs on the album, how they flow together. The fact that you wrote it in the first place. Like, I, I don't put any song out that I'm not proud of. And I don't put any album out unless I love every song on it. Is Darkness and Light a story, top to bottom, or is it? Um, I wouldn't say exactly that, but I think it's. Um, I think you see. I think I, there's always a thread uh, thematically. Yeah. Um, in all of my albums, and I think I'll let people listen to it and, and see if they figure out what I'm trying to say. Beautiful. Well, were you a little annoyed when uh, Bruno Mars released his single the same night as yours? <laughs> no, not at all. Because there's room for everybody to, to, to win. Like, we were both in the top 10 in iTunes that week. And, like, if he didn't put his out, you know, mine got up to, I think, number eight. Then, okay, it would have got up to number seven. Like, it wouldn't have made my life that much different. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it would have changed. <laughs> well, that, life would like, still be good. I always feel like there's no point in pitting musical artists against one another because... We all can win. Like, if you like both of us, just stream both of our albums, buy right. both of our albums, stream both of our singles, buy both of our singles. There's no, like, there's no, like, you have plenty of time in your day to listen to both. And because you're in that mindset, how do you measure success at this point in your life? Um, I just want to do what I love to do and do it, um, you know, as as well as I can do it. And hopefully people will enjoy it and receive it. Cool. Well, back to politics for a second. When the election is over and Donald Trump loses, do you think he'll be invited to lip sync battle? And would you battle him? <laughs> you know, he'll probably be invited to a lot of TV shows. He's like an entertaining He's guy. He's got his yeah. own TV network. Yeah, he might have his own uh, network. He's an entertaining guy. I think his brand has been tarnished by some of the nasty things he said and done to women. Um, so, you know, I don't think he'll come out where he was when he started um but he's very famous he he's willing to say just about anything so people are going to put a camera and a mic in front of him and uh you know it's just a matter of whether you want to watch or not being uh, and i don't want to like compare cams to cams but you, you 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 know how tv works you know how the industry works yeah 
Do you think he ever really wanted to be president? Because I don't. I don't think he did. I don't think he went into it thinking, oh, I'm actually going to win. Yeah. I think he thought it would be... Uh, I think part of it is ego and he you know I think a lot of it is that he I've been I've read a lot about his, his kind of past and his character and I think a lot of it is he always had a chip on his shoulder because he was from the outer boroughs in New York and he always felt like high society in Manhattan never accepted him and so he kept being told that he was never going to run so I think he ran to prove that he would run um, he ran to prove that, hey, you guys are wrong. You, you never thought I would actually run, but I'm actually going to run. I don't think he ever thought, oh, I have to study up on what it means to be president. I have to learn the ins and outs of the government. I have to learn what Obamacare actually is. I have to learn what Aleppo is and it's this and that. It's the hardest job in the world. Yeah, it's really hard. And I don't think he he still hasn't studied for it no. yet. Like He's just hoping he can coast by without ever learning what he has to learn. The, just and like he, he would have show up on set of The Apprentice. When he was looking for a vice president, he was basically telling the vice president, I'm going to let you govern uh. and I'll just be... You know, yeah. I'll be the the face. Which, by the way, like even when he's given an opportunity to make like some sort of a right decision, he goes with Mike Pence. That really just it, it, yeah, such a terrible decision. Well, Pence at least presents well, even if I don't yeah. agree with what he's saying. The like, most anti LGBTQ yeah, candidate very, to ever exist. He's very anti gay and anti women's choice, and so I would never vote for him. But at least. Like on his face, like he he can put together sentences and yeah. he understands things and he knows how the government works. Like he's a presentable conservative. Yeah. If you're conservative and that's what you want, then he presents well and he's coherent and Donald's not. So it's like, you know, <laughs> crazy. It's it's a lower standard, but at least he's effective at presenting. What do you and I want to go into this because you are so, I mean, you're into society and you're into the world and you're into politics. I mean, what is, I don't want to say what is an ideal world, but even when I was, you know, obviously the WikiLeaks happened, yeah. right? The Podesta emails come out and, yeah. you, you know, there's basic little tiny inklings of Hillary Clinton's plan down to like having energy for the entire world and, yeah. you know, using lines like country without borders. I mean, that that's a beautiful future to be had, I think. I don't know. Well, I'm a very global person, so I don't I don't like a lot of division uh, along, you know, who's this country, who's that country. I feel like we should care about humanity. Yeah. Um, but I also do think that the American president has to uh, think first about uh, taxpayers and voters here yeah. in America. Um, but I, I think they should also have a global view. Is there? I don't want to say like. Is do you do you see? What is your vision for a beautiful America? Just at the base level. Uh, I want our kids to get great educations. I want uh, everyone to have health care. I want everyone to be able to love who they love freely without the government interfering. I want people to make personal choices without the government interfering. Um, I want us to reduce incarceration so that we're not locking up people for uh, for things that, that nonsense. That, yeah, nonsense. Um, you know. These are some of the things I want. I want us to uh, uh, be uh, aware of climate change and do things on a, on a policy level that uh, helps us fight climate change. Um, these are all things that I want my president and my legislature to do for me. And and uh, everybody doesn't agree on those things, but these are the things that I want. They're basic human rights. Most of them, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and um, you know, I also want us to... Reduce the influence of guns in yes. our in our society as well. And, Common uh, sense is and, all it and needs. And having good regulation on our guns, uh, I think, would, would be helpful as well. And as I think people really, at the end of the day, we want peace, prosperity, um, and a more you know just and loving society. Were you a Bernie guy at all? 
You know, I loved Bernie. Um, I never thought he could win, and I never thought he would win, and I was right. But yeah. you know, like I believed for. A I, second. I feel like I felt like I agreed with him on most points. My only worry with him was that he had never really accomplished anything um, as a legislator, and he had been in, sen- in the Senate for a long time, mm-hmm. and so I was just concerned that um, he would never have the. I don't know. It, I, I felt like his agenda would be hard to get actually passed, but. I'm I'm more liberal than Hillary. I will say that, and I'm probably closer to Bernie on a lot of things. I just wasn't sure he could actually accomplish the things he wanted to accomplish. So you approach it from a common sense perspective and looking well, to just, make impact. I've rather just than seen anything else. I've just seen how hard it is for Obama, who's yeah. basically governed just left of center. It hasn't been that left, yeah. um, and he still couldn't get anything done with uh, the Republican Congress. And it's really hard to to make change. And so I, I, I just, I guess the realist in me was like, I don't know if he can actually accomplish any of this. And so that was my only concern with him. And then my other, only other concern with him was just foreign policy. I just never felt like he had that much depth when it came to that. It wasn't strong enough. He just, it just seemed like he didn't put enough attention yeah. to it. Yeah, I was scared today. You know, they were talking, the conservatives, uh, they, they want to, the ones in power, they want to block the, uh, they want to hold off on allowing Hillary to pick the next yeah. Supreme Court judge. It's insane, man. It's crazy. It's like, she, like, <laughs> she's about to win the election, probably. If everybody gets out and votes, I don't want to say, you know, it's definite, but there's a very strong chance. <laughs> And for them to already say for the next four years, we're going to block your Supreme Court appointments. It just means they're just like to hell with it. Our government's not going to work anymore unless we're in charge. And it's sad. It's like the sabotage party is what they are. But it's following Donald Trump's suit on just taking a dump on democracy in general. Well, the thing is, he's following theirs because they were already doing it before he was their uh, before he was their nominee. Like they were already saying to the president, we're not going to even consider your nominee for a Supreme Court when every Supreme Court nominee has been considered before. It doesn't doesn't make sense. It's frustrating. That's why, now this is probably too much for pop radio, but Dude, <laughs> go for it. But I, I think we should change to a parliamentary system where Ooh. our legislature and our executive are aligned so that the legislature doesn't have the incentive to sabotage the, the president. Interesting. Anyway. I've had dreams of uh, President Obama or Michelle Obama becoming the next Supreme Court judge. Like, I would love to see that. I don't know. It's very. Those are my dreams. I, I feel like they want to travel more and get around more. I don't know if they want to be Live in, life. A, in a robe in D.C. all the time. And you're committed to life. Yeah, know? it's like forever. You don't just get yeah. out of it. John Legend, you are just unreal, man. Thank you for hanging out. My pleasure. Have Real- you guys thought about having another one yet? Another kid? Does oh, yeah. Brother, we want um, a couple more at least. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I have a pack. Yeah, Chrissy wants to make big dinners on Sundays. That's like oh, that's so cute. Yeah, she wants like family, like a, a nice brood. Okay, how often does she cook and it's not good? <laughs> it's never not good. It's always good. Always good. He doesn't have to say that. It's the truth. That's absolutely. Did, true. What's her specialty? She does everything. You got to get her book. R- Cravings. Everything's good in there. Nice, John Legend. Yeah. <laughs> nice plug. I love it. A pleasure, my friend. My pleasure. This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.